Hey, hey, friends. This is Jessie DeShane, a chronic illness support coach and host over here on the Chronically Healing Podcast. When I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's thyroiditis, I was scared and immediately started looking for support. After finding so much negativity in the autoimmune world, I decided to start a community that emphasizes positivity and healing. On this show, you will hear me have conversations with people just like you who are on their own unique healing journey with chronic illness. There might be a few tears, but you are guaranteed to have a bunch of laughs and lots and lots of love and support. Let's dive into the show. Welcome back to the Chronically Healing Podcast. Today on the podcast, I actually have my personal lifestyle coach that helps me with all things wellness and Hashimoto's, Nicola Carpenter. Welcome, Nicola. Hi, Jesse. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Of course. I'm so excited to talk to you today. Um, this actually feels a little flipped. Normally, we're talking about me and the things that I'm going through. So today, I get to listen in a little bit more about your chronic illness story. So would you mind telling us a little bit about who you are, where you're from, and your chronic illness story? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, it is, it is kind of weird being flipped, but I, I'm liking it. We'll see how it goes. Um, <laughs> So yeah, I, um, so I'm Nicola Carpenter. I moved to the States, um, from the UK, um, six years ago. Um, my health was pretty good when I moved here. I didn't really, didn't really complain of anything. And two years after living here, um, I started to lose my health. Um, you know, everybody has different symptoms for Hashimoto's, um, and, you know, I'm always weary of listing my symptoms sometimes because, you know, everybody has different symptoms. But for me personally, my symptoms were just severe fatigue, brain fog. Mm. Um, I had intolerance um, reacting, just very depressed, very low energy. Um, but the main thing was fatigue. Like I remember one day driving home from work and having to have an energy drink just to drive the last mile home that I'd be able to get home and you know do the things I needed to do to get through the evening but for about a year I was going to bed at five o'clock after work just till eight just so that I could make dinner and go to bed again it was crazy wow um, and after seeing lots and lots of different doctors you know I had I had some abdominal pain as well I had urinary symptoms gastro symptoms so I yes. saw everybody I saw urologists I saw gynecologists I saw gastroenterologists literally um, everyone. <laughs> everyone yeah and it's funny it wasn't until I went back to Indiana for Christmas and I saw a massage therapist and she did some kind of Chinese medicine assessment on me and she looked at my tongue and you know she was kind of intuitive too and she just said your thyroid's about to fail Whoa. And by this point, I'd been diagnosed with endometriosis. So that was also another thing that was going on in the background where I had to deal with that too, you know, have surgery and um, laparoscopy and that kind of thing. But the Hashimoto's diagnosis was really, well, so, so I went to see an endocrinologist and he diagnosed me with Hashimoto's. And that was a real shock because I'd had to be my own advocate for so long. I'd heard about Hashimoto's, but I really didn't think that's, that was me. And um, so it was a real shock. You know, I'm, I was like, I knew I had endometriosis before the doctors knew. Yeah. And so that kind of shocked me because I was kind of one of those people that would go to the doctor and tell them what was wrong with me, you know? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, my whole world kind of flipped upside down and I started realizing that the conventional healthcare system wasn't going to be the right place for me to get help because I was doing my own research and I was finding that diet and lifestyle choices and gluten and dairy and stress and too much exercise and like all these things played a part and and the doctors weren't talking about this you know I I turned up at the endocrinologist and he goes what so if you're allergic to a banana you're not going to eat a banana you know (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's exactly what I mean yeah you know he just like poo-pooed the whole idea that foods could be immune reactive so I had to fire quite a few doctors and I ended up I didn't end up having a doctor that I liked like I just couldn't find one so you know at that point you have to become your own advocate and I found luckily I found um functional medicine coaching academy and I went back to school and just trained in functional medicine to to teach myself basically mm-hmm. there was one doctor here who was charging five thousand dollars to see autoimmune patients and she literally wouldn't let me out the door until I signed up like with her coach and agreed to do a four-week diet straight away a bunch of tests and you know I was new to this whole thing and I just didn't didn't feel right mm-hmm. and so I just thought no this isn't right especially with what I read a lot of it was to do with lifestyle I figured well if I can change you know 80% of it myself then yeah maybe the last final percent you know I may need to spend some money on testing like you know we know that the root causes to autoimmunity is foods toxins viruses but I thought, you know, I could probably clear a lot of that out myself before investing the money in testing. So that's what I did. Yeah. What are some of the things that you do outside of supplement and medication that make you feel healthy? So just things that you kind of incorporate in your life. I know once, once I hear what you say, I can talk about some of the stuff that we've done for me, but, and mm-hmm. I've talked about it on other podcasts, but what are some things that you do that really keep you happy and healthy? Yeah, that's a great question. So obviously in my field now, I'm helping others. So I have to be really mindful of my energy and not, not overdoing things because I'm now serving and I'm, I'm giving a lot of myself out, you know. So what I try and do is, is I, what I'm learning myself is how to build myself up, you know, mm. in terms of my energy. And so I'm loving things like grounding so like I'll go to the beach and just lay in the sand or swim in the ocean you know and I live in Florida so I'm lucky we have the sunshine and the sunshine just 20 minutes you know in the sunshine is also really energizing Mm -hmm. I go for walks and I I have an amazing yoga practice I found a studio I was one of these people that was doing triathlons Mm -hmm. (laughs) overachiever work 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 you know so I was working long hours and doing, you know, triathlons and things like that. I was like, you've got, you've got, to, you've got to be like mentally tough, physically tough to be, you know, fit and healthy. Mm-hmm. So I gave up all of those and I, I now have a really strong yoga practice. I found a studio and I, so they teach Shigong, they teach Tao Yin practice, which is more of a meditative yoga. I've gone away from the, the exercise yoga and more mm-hmm. into the spiritual breathing meditation I do I do things like sacred heart breathings I meditate you know I I'm very mindful of who I spend time with 
if there's somebody that's causing me physical discomfort energetically wise a friend or colleague you know any kind of relationship like that um, I'm very aware of it very quickly and try to not see them or protect my energy from that because relationships um is a, is a huge toxin to us yeah and I think that's something that people don't know about the food they know about the you know the functional medicine stuff they know about the food they know about the viruses but it's really the the energetical stuff that I'm kind of more gearing towards now that I'm finding a lot of my clients also struggle with being an empath and you know a lot of us that end up with Hashimoto's we've gone through some stuff <laughs> it's a person type we're actually very resilient we can handle a lot and we've we've really gone through traumas emotional physical mental and you know this this disease to me is a um a sign like a white flag saying okay it's now it's time to listen to your body mm -hmm. you've neglected it so long and now it's time for you to do you and love you and and you've loved everybody else you've given everybody else your time you've neglected yourself you've you know th this is a message this this disease it's, mm -hmm. it's autoimmunity thyroid you know it, it's a message from the body to tell to tell us that we we haven't been living in alignment with what we should have been doing and so i see it as a gift yeah it took, it took me a little time to get there and there's a wonderful coach out there called Stacey Robbins. And she has an amazing book that I read when I first got diagnosed that really deals with that transition of grief that you have when you get the diagnosis. So yeah, sorry, I sidetracked a little bit. No, there. <laughs> no that's the You're Crazy and You're Not Alone book, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I think I told you to read that. <laughs> yeah, you had me read that. And it was, I mean, I read it probably in like one and a half days. Like, it, yeah, me too. Yeah, it's so good. And I, I like related with some of what she said. Some of what she said was m much different than my story. Thankfully, her story is yeah. crazy, but it was, it was funny. And it like, I felt like I was listening to her talk and, but I did relate with a lot of it and a lot of the way that she felt. And it made me think about things differently. So I really, really recommend that book. It's, it's a good one. I loved that one for sure. Yeah, it's brilliant. And I've had some sessions with her and, you know, <clears throat> even though I'm a coach, we all, we all need a coach, you know, I need a coach. So she's been my coach too over time. And, and um, what I love about her work is, is really talking about the emotional side of things. You know, I do the lifestyle stuff mm -hmm. um, and, and I'm, I'm tapping into the emotional stuff, stuff now too, but it's that grieving process of, of you have to grieve the old self. Like mm -hmm. you used to be this party girl. You used to be able to work 12 hour days. You used to be able to cycle to work and back and you used to be able to do, do it all. Eat you everything. Know? And I'm sure there are <laughs> yeah. women out there with kids, you know, mm -hmm. that are trying to do it all. They feel like failures when they can't do it all. And that was kind of the problem. That's why we have this disease. Mm -hmm. So it's just grieving that old self. And that's a big, big part of the healing. Big, mm -hmm. big part. And there's so much resistance to it. Like, but I want to still drink wine or I want to still eat pizza, but I want to still be with my friends and stay up till two in the morning. Mm -hmm. And so that it's not just the disease that you have to contend with. It's, it's the whole 
it's the whole transition of your whole life, the way you lived your life up to this point. You have to change. You, you don't have a choice. It's like, unless you want to struggle. And, and for me, like, that wasn't a choice. That was like, you know, if I wanted to have a vibrant life, I had to do this. This, was, this wasn't something that was, you know, some people are like, well, I don't want to give up bread or I don't want to, you know, um, I don't want to do the work. It's like, okay, then we've got to work on some self-love <laughs> because why do you not want to do the work? What's in, that, in you that doesn't make you worthy of a life that's vibrant? Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's very telling too once you start – to do some of these things. Like, like for me, I started very small. I knew that if I went in head first and like cut out every food and cut out every product and did all these things all at one time that it would be overwhelming and I would give up. So for me, it started very small. It started with me paying attention to who I talked to. It was noticing that my last job was just debilitating to me and it was going off of gluten. And it was crazy. Like with me, with gluten, it was within a week I noticed changes and it, they were so, such big changes in my digestion and my brain fog, things like that at the time that it, to me, it was a no brainer. I was like, I'm not ever going to knowingly eat this again. Like I feel so much better. Whereas sometimes it's a little harder with the things that you don't notice quite as much or like you can try to get past. But yeah, just trying different things things that you think will help you but like that's why working with a coach is really helpful like with you I told you this when we started that I'm not it's just it's something that I struggle with when I go like head first and cut out all the food Mm -hmm. I tend to get really overwhelmed so we just did things slowly and Mm -hmm. and I still I mean I've talked about this in other podcast episodes but my levels have dropped by like over 100 um, for my antibodies and things like that just in the last six months with working with you. And it was, it was little things. Like I started paying more attention to organic food. I used non-toxic products. Big one was getting my IUD out, but that was something that we pushed um, Mm -hmm. because I wasn't ready for it until I was ready. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, that's why one thing that it's really helpful to work with a coach, especially when you're like, I mean, I wasn't just getting started, but like I was ready to make some changes and it was helpful having someone to talk to or to email and be like, wait a second, my doctor's saying I Mm -hmm. should do this, but I feel like I shouldn't. What do you think? Like just having someone else to kind of. Yeah, I remember when you had that iodine question for me Mm -hmm. and it's, it's, you know, there are, the issue is, is that there's so much information out there. It, it is information overload. It's conflicting with Hashimoto's, with autoimmunity. You've got the naturopaths and then you've got the functional medicine. Then you've got the Chinese medicine. Then you've got the conventional medicine. Yeah. And then you have the spiritual world and they conflict. And so, you know, for me, I'm, I, I've always been into like studying and reading and comparing. And so for me, it was like a natural thing go back to school. Like that's just who I am. I'm like an intellectual, like I have to figure it out. Mm -hmm. And so when I worked through all of that stuff, I kind of felt like I had to share it. Like it was my duty to share what I'd learned. And it was almost like a disservice if I didn't become a coach because like one of my skills is kind of 
taking complicated information and and converting it into you know manageable understandable information and I used to before this I used to be in public relations and so I was a health PR consultant for even the, the you know Department of Health in the UK and I was this is what I was have been doing it's funny when you look back and you go how did, why did I end up doing this and um you know, I was being, I was responsible for behavioral change campaigns for health behaviors. And so it, it was a perfect fit for me. And my approach, you know, it's going to be different to some coaches. There are functional medicine coaches that work with doctors. There are functional medicine work coaches that work on their own. I'm, I've, I'm leading towards more of a life kind of coaching style using functional medicine as a tool and with autoimmunity as my special interest. But, you know, I'm really finding out in my own healing journey about the mind, the body and the spirit. And so for me now, my coaching encompasses, encompasses all of that. And exactly what you said, you know, I have to meet you where you're at and I have to listen to you and figure out, okay, if you're not ready to jump in. Let's take it slowly. Most people are that way. Like most people can't do, you know, a four week, elimination diet just like that Mm -hmm. this is a lifestyle change this isn't a four-week diet so if it takes two years I'm really happy with that you know it took me a year probably it took me probably six months to give up dairy I would say like for me the gluten wasn't obvious like I didn't really know that I had an issue with gluten but like when I read about it Mm -hmm. and I learned that when you eat gluten, your thyroid gets attacked. Like, and then when you learn that the amino acid sequence of gluten is so similar to dairy, that then your thyroid also gets attacked. It's like, intellectually, that was enough information for me. I didn't even need to test. I didn't need to feel bad when I ate it. Some people are like, well, I don't feel bad when I eat it. It's like, Mm -hmm. that's not really the point. It happens on a cellular level. Like, so yeah, for me, it was just enough to intellectually know why. But but yeah, I think going slowly, like like what you did, you know, it's more manageable. Replacing your products as and when they run out. Mm-hmm. Um, getting, asking, you know, putting things on your Christmas list, an air, air filter, a water filter, you know, or your wedding list or, uh, you know. That's what we did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's all about what you value. If you, if you know, and a lot of people don't even value themselves to spend the money on a coach or to spend the money on going organic or the, the stainless steel pans or, you know, the, the testing or, or themselves. And really it's not about the price. It's about the fact that they don't value their themselves enough yet. Mm-hmm. So, what yeah. are so, what are some ways um, if you had someone come in and you could tell right away that that you needed to focus on self-love and valuing themselves, what would be some of the first steps you would have them take to, to maybe get a little bit more into the self-love train? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that. Um, yeah. So when I have an initial session with somebody, it's usually, you know, an hour and a half. So it's a really long time to really get to get, get that connection going. I have, a gift where people will tell me everything. (laughs) (laughs) So I learned pretty quickly through, you know, my own analysis of them, the real feelings behind what they're saying. 
actually before I moved to America, I was training to be a therapist, funnily enough. Really? Um, yeah, I was training to be a humanistic psychotherapist. And I halfway through, I met my husband and then I ended up moving to America. So I never finished my training. But, you know, I have that mindset as well. You know, but obviously as a coach, I, I stay in my lane. And um, But I can use the tools of the listening that I learned and, um, you know, the skills in that. So what, what I do is I go through their story. Mm-hmm. So I ask them about their whole life from birth to now. And I'm hearing, for, I'm listening for not just autoimmune markers, like did you use antibiotics? Did you have mono? Did you, you know, live near an industrial plant? Um, you know, not just that, but I'm also listening to what was their upbringing like? What, you know, what was their... What, what was their treatment? You know, what was their diet? What was their, um, what was their, what were their relationships like with their parents, with their siblings, with their school, with their teachers, you know, what was it like for them growing up? Um, cause a lot of things come up, um, when, you know, you, you look at that side. And so I can tell pretty quickly if someone doesn't have a lot of self-love, most of us don't, <laughs> by the way. Yeah. Um, so it's pretty easy to assume that most people won't come in to, to me with a lot of self-love and that that's kind of, I like that the self-love train. That's what I teach people. So, <laughs> yeah. You know, so a couple of the tools that I use, we are trained as functional medicine coaches in positive psychology. Mm-hmm. So we have been um, trained in something called character strengths, mm. which um you remember doing it right at the beginning of mm-hmm. our sessions together um, yeah. it's a survey it's a 25 minute survey it's called via character strength survey via and it's really based on some solid positive psychology science that says if you use your top strengths your top five signature strengths every day mm-hmm. then that will lead to happiness and so i use that as a tool with every client of mine to do that survey so that we can make sure that they are using their strengths, that they know their strengths, that they even consider themselves as having strengths. And that's a really good start. It's a really good tool. And then another tool I use is a values exercise where you can, um, you know, really look into what really do you value? And those two tools together I use to compare and contrast kind of what decisions they're making, what are they doing in their life, what job are they doing, what relationship are they in, is it in line with their values and their strengths? Now, a lot of that lack of self-love or self-sabotage behavior, eating or drinking things that we know we shouldn't, is really our like subconscious kind of like punishing ourselves almost for living out of alignment with what we really should be doing. Mm-hmm. That's what I found. So if we're in the wrong job or if we're in the wrong relationship, or if we're just, if we're just not happy in our lives, we're living in the wrong state. We're living, you know, a nine to five life when we're really not desk people or we're living, you know, we followed what our parents wanted us to do, but really we're a musician, you know, mm-hmm. um, when we live out of alignment with what our mission and purpose is in life, we punish ourselves. And that is what I think the, 
the lack of self-love is. I think it's us punishing ourselves for living out of alignment. And yep. so if we can become conscious of that and we can look at our own behaviors and show up and see what we're doing. I remember we did that, you know, in the beginning with you, like, all right, do you even know what you're doing? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Do you even know what you're eating? Do you even know how many hours you're working? Do you even know that you're, you know, most people are in subconscious programming. And so they don't even know what they're doing. So that's yep. the first step. Yep. Like, all right, let's become conscious. What are we actually doing every day? Yeah. Um, and what are your strengths? What do you value? Are you living in alignment with what you really want to be doing? And yeah. oftentimes, even though they may come and see me because of Hashimoto's or autoimmunity, really I end up life coaching. And usually it's, they're just not happy with what they're doing in their life. And their body is, is, telling them that they're not happy but they're not listening right right now but they're forced to so it's a good way in to um see the message behind the mess of the illness yeah i loved um i loved that character quiz thing that we took i actually pulled it up as you were talking just because i was like what were mine mm. again but, um, mm -hmm. but yeah, that was so interesting to me because I wasn't surprised by my first two. So just for fun. Tell us what your top five signature strengths are. Yeah, mine, kindness, humor, leadership, teamwork, and fairness. And I really wasn't wow. surprised by any of them besides leadership. I think for me, I was like, I'm not a I don't feel like I'm a leader, but, um, Ben, my fiance was actually like, um, you started a podcast, you started a community for people with chronic illness. Like you're the one that always plans things for your friend groups. He's like, you're definitely a leader just because I'm not like interested in being like a manager at work. Mm -hmm. That's not where my passion lies, but kind of leading a group of people, which makes sense mm -hmm. with the next one being teamwork. But yeah. I really wasn't surprised by the kindness or humor one because I think those are the two traits that I use the most in most mm -hmm. situations so but yeah I remember taking that and it was fun <laughs> yeah I remember learning more about you um when you took that because yeah. I, I think we had a discussion about like your old career and I was really surprised because you're in social media which kind of seems like an isolating job mm -hmm. um really um, and so yeah when leadership and teamwork came up I remember us having a discussion about like your previous career of like organizing events and things like that and mm -hmm. so the good thing is, what you did is that you know in if you're in a job where you're not using your existing strengths then that's why you need to have these other things outside of the job like the leadership or the yeah. teamwork if you don't have that that's why you need to then become a coach a soccer coach or you know like a leader of a, a podcast or a group because yeah you need to find an outlet for that you need to be using that strength otherwise you're you're not going to be happy and yeah for me I, when I did it I was like wow I'm I had this similar thing like kindness love um honesty emotional intelligence and like perspective and I was like whoa I'm an executive assistant for one banker like I should be a nurse or something <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so it's a powerful tool when you see your strengths and positive psychology is amazing because we don't spend the day thinking about what went well mm -hmm. or how we can elevate our state. 
And for me, the biggest healing in the last year, I would say, that has kind of elevated my healing to the next level is prioritizing positivity. Mm -hmm. And so part of that is using our strengths, but the other part is just doing what you love. Like what, what do you want to do? Like, and do more of it. And it's so simple, really doing Mm -hmm. less of what drains you and doing more of what you love. Yeah. I think that has always overwhelmed me. So for example, for me personally, I am one of those people that would love to work for myself and do my own thing. And that's kind of where I see like my trajectory going in the next few years. But there's some people that, um, and even me in the beginning, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not going to be in alignment until I work for myself. When really Mm -hmm. that's not it at all. Like you're saying, like I just brought in things that I really love to do. Like I had already been writing, which is something I love to do. So I just did it Mm -hmm. more. And I started this podcast and started talking to people that have chronic illness. Um, And I do it while I have a full-time job. And I also have Hashimoto. So like if I get exhausted, I stop or I'm, I schedule it very intelligently or like even you, we had this podcast scheduled Mm -hmm. a couple weeks ago and I messaged you and was like, Hey, I had a really draining weekend. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm going to need to move it. And so it's just, but you can still do things that you love and things that are important and things that help you feel in alignment, even if you're not someone that wants to work for yourself or um, Mm -hmm. it's just not something that can happen with your family right now. You can kind of, you can still do, maybe you read, maybe you go for more walks, maybe you Mm -hmm. um, play with your kids more. I don't know, like whatever it might be, but yeah. Yeah. To fill up your cup because you know, we're all here to serve in some capacity and if we're serving from an empty cup, we we're of no use. Now I think what you said there, which was the most powerful lesson, one of the most powerful lessons that you've learned in your healing journey is that in the past, you probably would have gone ahead and done that, that mm-hmm. podcast with me on that day after yeah. an exhausting weekend, right? Yeah. Like I would have done the same thing. I, I wouldn't have known that self-care was canceling a commitment, saying no to a, going out with a friend, um, you know, staying home and doing your laundry instead of um, going, you know, to the movies like these little steps which actually are huge steps and that that was very self-caring of you to say no i i my self-care comes first here and i need to sleep or i need to rest and i am constantly doing that throughout the day like what can i do that's more self-caring in this moment okay do you need to eat like you've got to check in with yourself you know like you did and you you learned that and i think another amazing thing you learned was putting up boundaries with people. Mm. Um, That was a huge learning. And for me too, um, you know, and and in fact, most of my clients with Hashimoto's, um, a a lot of it's an issue with boundaries Mm -hmm. and um, saying no or being in tune with how you feel when you speak to somebody or you hang around them and protecting yourself from it. Um, and yeah, so definitely self-love, self-care, constantly checking in with yourself all day. Okay, what do I need to do in this next hour that's self-loving? Like even if it's just having some water, taking your supplements, um, feeding yourself, <laughs> your bath, um, doing your laundry, you know, 
organizing your things. Um, and I often say, how can I be kinder to future Nicola? Because you don't never know when you're going to get a flare, right? So you never know if you're going to wake up the next day and you're going to have brain fog or you're going to have fatigue or you're going to have joint pain. So when you do feel good, I always like to to recommend people just be kind to themselves for the next day. All right, now you have this little bit of energy. Why don't you sort your room out? Why don't you prepare some food you know, for the next couple of days? Mm-hmm. Um, because especially when the menstrual cycle hits, we all yeah. have that week of hell um, where you just can't do anything. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, all right, put that in your calendar. That, you know, week before your meal prepping. <laughs> yep. Doing something that's kind to your future self, the flare up self, you know. Yeah, that was something, as you know, I had to learn recently because I got my first period in like six mm-hmm. years. And it was really hard for me because I had these these negative self-talk things come back uh, that I didn't even realize I had because I have, hadn't had a period in six years. So all of a sudden I was like, what do you mean you can't go to work today? Like you, mm-hmm. you definitely can go to work. People go to work with periods all the time. Like you're mm-hmm. gross. All of these like really negative things. Yeah, shame. Yeah, mm-hmm. that I was like not aware of were still kind of subconsciously in my body. So I had to work through that. And, and it was really hard for me. Like I thankfully have, have found purposefully a very flexible job. So, um, I worked from home for two days and I told them why I was working from home and they were totally, I work on a very small team of women, so they understand. Um, (laughs) but yeah, and it was something that in the moment I was like, I can't believe I'm not going to work because I have my period, but I'm so glad that I didn't because um, I was kind of relearning the whole process and I, mm-hmm. I normally would have pushed myself to go in and then I would have mm-hmm. just felt awful. So, mm-hmm. Well, and I think especially with periods and things like that, you know, there is such a societal, you know, shame around it and pressure and, you know, I have endometriosis, like that's debilitating. Uh, And a lot of people don't understand it. PCOS, you know, periods can be really debilitating. And and why is that? It's because we have too many toxins to contend with in our bodies. It's not the period itself. Periods itself should be free. They should come. They shouldn't bother us. They should, it's not that a period itself is is bad. It's that the periods that are happening now Mm -hmm. due to, the endocrine disrupting chemicals and all the crap that's in the food, the crap that's in the water, all of the stuff that's really impacting the hormones in our bodies is what's making them so painful. It's what's making our symptoms so bad. So really I want to like reframe this whole um, period thing and, and, you know, teach women about actually it's not, the fact that you have a bad period is the fact that this uh, environment that we're in is trying to tell us women, because we are people that can rise and deal, deal with it. Right. And do something about it. Like they say, women are hardwired to suffering and men are hardwired to fix. Got that mm-hmm. state. Yeah. Um, so, you know, once we, once we suffer for a certain amount of time with this stuff, we're going to do something, right. We're going to wake up. We're going to be like, all right, what's going on? Um, and so we're the ones that um, have to question 
what's going on and then do something about it and so I think you know you'll find and your periods do get better when you eliminate the toxins and you do detoxes and you get rid of the chemicals and you balance your hormones and you balance your blood sugar it's all about hormones are built on blood sugar and so most of us skip meals most of us don't eat the right foods or we're not you know we're not eating regularly enough and so these these imbalances in our bodies also kind of come from our self-sabotage behaviors so yeah yeah i think i just wanted to touch on that with the period thing because it's i've really transformed my own period and it's empowering when you can do that Mm -hmm. because it's a major thing but also the stigma in the workplace um you know we're the ones you know think about our mothers they would never have have mentioned this they would have gone in and they would have you know it's we're finally of that generation and that consciousness to be able to question and no hang on a minute i'm in really bad debilitating pain i can't Mm -hmm. go in you know yeah Um, and and being our own advocate to to stop and rest i remember when you messaged me and i was like how about you just stop and just rest (laughs) yeah give yourself permission to do nothing Mm -hmm. we don't it's our minds no you gotta keep up with everybody else and especially in this country oh my god i mean i'm from england we have we have holidays in England, like here, we have holidays. Yeah. We have like vacation time. It's like, what is that about? I just, <laughs> yep. it's just crazy to me. That's yeah. my next time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was, I remember at my last job, that was a big thing. We had, I worked at a startup and we had unlimited vacation. But oh, yeah. They would call us on vacation. I would get texts. I would get urgent emails, like, yeah, it's unlimited. Great. But it didn't matter because yeah. I was still contacted and still, even yeah. if I didn't acknowledge being contacted, it's still like subconsciously in there. me out. Yeah. I was like, mm-hmm. Oh, I'm going to get in trouble because I'm not responding to this. Yeah. Even though I shouldn't be responding to this. So it's really yeah. a manipulative tactic. Yeah. Um, unlimited vacation is such a manipulative tactic. And yeah, yeah I, I hate it. And um yeah it gives it gives no boundaries mm-hmm. again it's all about boundaries and i think that you know this you know what i love about your millennial generation you know like i'm on the outskirts of it but like you're questioning it it's like mm-hmm. hang on why 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 are we even working a nine to five job yeah right now. like it doesn't make sense especially with the advent of technology the mm-hmm. nine to five work week was for ford after the war to like get people back to work to get the economy going like why aren't why are we doing that why don't we have you know maternity leave for women it's, it's just for an advanced country it's so behind mm-hmm. it's it's crazy yeah yeah i remember one of my friends um i've been lucky that at all of the jobs that I've worked at recently, they have like maternity leave. Some of them even had paternity leave. Um, I'm, I'm not using it currently, but I remember a friend of mine was, um, she wanted to get pregnant and was struggling because she was like, they didn't offer a paid maternity Mm -hmm. leave. So she was going to have to like save money for months or find a new job just so she wouldn't lose her job or lose money while she was taking care of her baby. So, um, so yeah, it's just crazy. Some of those 
those tactics that are used in, in all kinds of things too. Like it's just this expectation of like women can come in when they're on their periods. They can come in when they're in pain, when they're sick, when they're blah, when they're this, when they're that. When their kid's sick. Yeah. 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 And, um, like I said, currently I'm very lucky at my job because for the most part they're extremely flexible, but I'm currently without a boss right now. So whenever we get a new boss in, that could change. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure. So that's like the one thing, you know, that, that I have to watch for now that I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm very cognizant of though, because I know that I need that flexibility. And for me, um, if that flexibility isn't provided, then I would have to find a new job. It's just not something that I'm willing to deal with. So. Yeah, Yeah. I agree. And and I was lucky. I was fortunate that my boss was very understanding when I was going through all the doctor's appointments and things, but I was always on call 24 seven. And that constant fight flight response is, is not good for our immune system. But the other thing I will say about flexibility is I think we can get too comfortable with the flexibility. Mm. When you get diagnosed with an autoimmune disease, we, we go through a period of healing where we're very comfortable with our sickness. Mm. And I think that sometimes prevents us from pushing the, limits of our health right so we we go through healing and actually we are doing so much better i mean god i i'm not falling asleep at three o'clock in the afternoon and Mm. you know i'm i'm living a normal life now so i I noticed myself doing kind of what you just said about keeping my job because it was flexible Mm -hmm. i was keeping myself stuck in a safe job because of the flexibility to deal with my flare-ups. Hello. That is like a massive message to the universe that is saying, bring on the flare-ups. Right. So I, I actually, and I have clients that I'm working on with this right now. It's like, and you can't stay in that comfort zone. Right. You, you, because of the autoimmune disease, like you have to, especially if you want to set up your own business, like I did and like what you're doing, like it is great to a certain degree, the comfort zone, but I completely challenge that as great also. (laughs) Yeah. Um, It keeps us stuck and it keeps us sick and it keeps us repeating that same story in our head that we have autoimmunity and we have flare ups and, aren't we a victim and don't we need that flexibility? Um, so yeah, I, I think sometimes it's a push pull balance to be had between needing our flexibility, but also striving for what you really want to achieve. Like yeah. what I found is when you start healing from autoimmunity, my mission in, in, in what I'm doing as a coach is to clear the smoke, right? Of so brain fog, fatigue, um stress toxins this is smoke and i mean you're just one example if we can clear the smoke of these amazing women and men who have autoimmunity can you imagine how amazing the world will be mm-hmm. like when we're all in alignment with what we're meant to be doing we don't have the smoke we're using our strengths we we're in we're living in uh, in line with our values we don't need to stay in a comfort zone anymore. We need to be out of our comfort zone, pushing boundaries, developing businesses, developing what we're here to do. Mm. Um, 
so that's been a major shift in my um kind of when i quit my comfortable job and went to start my business it's like no you know comfort keeps you sick yeah yeah and i victim mindset keeps you there yeah that's interesting too, because I feel like in the past, um, one of my limiting beliefs with starting my own business has been the opposite. It has been like, but if I break out of that comfortability um, and I have to start my own business, is that stress going to push me into a flare? So that's kind of been a limiting belief that I've had in the past. And and that's kind of where I started working on, like for me, I do a, a lot. I have a blog, I have two YouTube channels, I have a podcast, I have all this stuff that I love to do though. So I schedule it in and I make sure that I have still time to do like self-love, stuff like that. And um, I'm kind of disproving that limiting belief. While I haven't started my my business yet, I'm disproving that limiting belief that like when I am really busy or when I am doing things that I love, um, even though it can sometimes cause stress, I'm not pushing myself into a flare. So I think that's interesting. Yeah. And I think um, we have to be really mindful of our language about ourselves too, you know? You know, and we've talked a lot about this, like even saying like I'm gonna get a flare, you know, it's like we need to change our language about about how we talk about autoimmunity and our, our diseases. It's like we need to sit in it for a little while, we mm-hmm. need to grieve, we need to acknowledge, we need to come out of denial, we need to accept where we're at, we need to work through it. But we want to think of it as an island that we visit. We don't want to stay there. Mm-hmm. We want to take the tools that we need and then we want to fly off the island. Mm-hmm. We want to we want to heal and then we want to go and be our best self. We don't want to be these poor autoimmune patients who, you know, our life expectancy is lower. Yeah, fine. Um, like we are going to get another autoimmune disease if we don't get to the root cause. I mean, that's why I'm doing it. I don't mm-hmm. want to get MS. I don't want to get Alzheimer's. That's why I, as soon as I got Hashimoto's, I'm like, right, I got to, got to get this under control. Cause otherwise, you know, you're at risk for others. But, we don't want to stay in the victim of it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think you're doing really well in, in in questioning that. Like you said, it's all about the limiting beliefs. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's be honest. Not everybody can start a business. (laughs) It is very difficult. Um, There is some fake consciousness out there at the moment that, everybody thinks they should be entrepreneurs and I don't know, even the, the word entrepreneur, like people think if they have their own business, they're entrepreneurs. Like, no, mm-hmm. that's not what an entrepreneur is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yes, we want to work for ourselves because we want the flexibility to be able to um, manage our flare ups and things like that. But that's not just the only reason we want it so that we can be in control of our lives and do what we love whilst getting paid for it, whilst being able to have self-care. If we reframe mm-hmm. it that way, it's much more empowering than, oh, I'm going to have my own business so I can manage my flare-ups. Yeah. Uh, but there is, you know, the Maslow hierarchy of needs. You know, you do need your needs met. You need, you don't want to throw yourself into running your business if your bills aren't going to be paid. <laughs> you mm-hmm. need to, and so, you know, you need to maybe 
transition to part time or if your husband's working or like have that have a plan for that mm-hmm. you know I definitely started coaching while still working and I did take a leap finally but um you know my husband was gonna be supporting us financially um yeah. but not necessarily fully but um so you do have to have a bit of blind faith too but yeah you know it's a balance that you mm-hmm. have to but starting a business is is definitely tricky mm-hmm. um and there does there does come a lot of stress with it but so does living and working in a job that you don't like yeah yeah you can have your financial needs met but your body your soul your spirit your mindset your self-love is not met because you're in a job you hate yeah so what's more of a stressor yeah i think it's yeah i don't think it's finance i think it's that Mm -hmm. your body's telling you get out (laughs) (laughs) you have to listen Mm mm-hmm so if someone wanted to work with you, to coach with you, how could they find your content? Uh, yes, I'm on Instagram. Uh, my handle is at Lifestyle Coach Nicola. And my website is nicolacarpenter.com. Mm-hmm. So those are probably the best ways. I've okay. got a little contact sheet on the website or just message me on Instagram. Um, I'm more active on there than I am on Facebook. Um, mm-hmm but it is the same handle on Facebook at Lifestyle Coach Nicola, but I'm probably more active on Instagram, as you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's, how we met. That's how we met. I, it I, is. I know. I was following you. Ben was the one that told me to follow yeah. you, and then I followed you for a few months, and then I reached out. Yeah. So, and I love what you're doing. And Thank you. Um, I think, yeah, what you're doing is awesome, and keep, keep going. Yeah. And I know we've had the chat about, um balance not overdoing it (laughs) yeah yep I'm always making sure I'm like "Mm, (laughs) how much can I do how much should I do Mm -hmm. yeah 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 I know you're working on that right now so constant battle I'll have all of your links in like the blog post and the show notes of this so too if anyone wants to just click the link to find you they can do that Great. I should probably give my number. Um, my number, my telephone number is five, six, one, five, six, eight, seven, nine, six, nine. Okay. And they can text you or anything if you call me. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Is there anything else you would like to share with the listeners today? I think one more thing is just, you are loved, you are worthy and you're enough. And once you can repeat that over and over to yourself is when you can start to heal but it starts with you and I would love to help you with self-love and you know, that's the journey I've been on. That's the journey that Jesse's been on and it's hard and it's challenging, but it's so worth it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's so worth it. Yeah. Wouldn't you say? Yes, totally. I think that um, while all the other lifestyle changes that I've made have been huge in my healing um, being able, like I was talking about with the period thing, being able to catch mm-hmm. myself when I go into these negative thoughts and, and retrain that thought or, um, just taking care of myself. And for me, like we're talking about just, um, I tend to overschedule myself and I tend to care about other people's opinions a little bit more than I need to. Um, mm-hmm. so those are definitely 
things that I'm cognizant of and I work on continuously and um, and also just realizing that there's more to self-love than just getting your nails done or buying yourself yes. a purse. <laughs> yeah. oh, I love that. Absolutely. Yeah. Like self-love, like we were talking about mm-hmm. before, what is doing the laundry is mm-hmm. for me the other day, I spent an hour and um, meal prepped all of our food for the week and things mm-hmm. and that is self-love. That is yeah. um, self-care. More yeah, and sometimes like not going to the yoga class and having a bath yeah. instead. Yep. Yeah, it's it's amazing. And yeah, I will say this that you know, originally my coaching kind of plan is the, was the functional medicine kind of matrix which is, you know, looking at sleep, looking at exercise, diet, stress and toxins and relationships, but now before I can even do that with people, I have to do mindset. Mm-hmm. Because if their mindset isn't at a place of even valuing themselves, um, then none of that stuff's going to get done. So it's been awesome to work on that with people. And I would say the first few months is all about that. And I think we had that discussion when we first started working together. It's like, yeah, we were like, please don't put me on a diet. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm not ready for that yet. <laughs> Yeah. And if anyone's interested in becoming a coach too, Mm. the functional coaching, functional medicine coaching Academy is where I trained and I highly recommend the program. It's a year long program. You know, if you really like what you've heard about functional medicine and getting to the root cause and you want to be a coach or you want to even just find out more about, about it for yourself, you know, I really recommend looking that up and you can reach out to me and I can share more information, but um, it's a program that I absolutely adored and it's changed it changed my life so yeah that I can help change other people's lives yeah that's amazing I, I still think I need to look into that yeah I think maybe you might be ready soon in the yeah. next year I wasn't ready <laughs> when we first started talking like six months yeah, ago so I I think think I'm, coach. <laughs> yeah I'm getting more ready <laughs> yeah I think it would be a great fit yeah perfect well thank you so much for being on today thank you for having me of course